Hi everyone, welcome to Legacy Music's On The Stage with Ryan Snyder. Let's get this podcast started. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Legacy Music's podcast. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter at Legacy Music 8. You can also check us out on Facebook at Legacy Music. You can also check us out on Instagram at Legacy Music 8 as well. You can also visit our web store, it's LegacyMusicStore.com. And uh, you can also check us out on uh, Apple iTunes podcasts. You can also check us out on Google. You can check us out on a whole bunch of other places as well. And uh, we're super excited to be here. We're going to have a lot of cool guests that are going to be brought on. You're just seeing me now. We're also uh, doing a video podcast as well uh, for YouTube. So um, we're super excited about that as well. But this is also a podcast you can go and listen to if you want to listen to on the road. Today, we're going to be talking about songs and we're going to be talking about composing songs and how and how do you start? How do you build that? How do you uh, build a song? What are some climatic moments that you want to have in your song? What are some things that you want to have um, in your song that's going to make it bright? What's going to make it more influential to other people that want to listen to it? Why should they listen to your song and a whole bunch of other stuff? So anyway, today's podcast is talking about songs. And we're also going to be talking about uh, the construction of a song and just kind of how it should lay out. Now, you're saying to me, how can I uh, judge whether or not a song sounds good? Well, I've been an avid song uh, listener. I've been listening to songs pretty much my whole entire life. That's not really good credentials because everybody else has pretty much listened to songs. But I've also been a part of a lot of bands. I've been a part of a lot of um, different uh, areas in which I've, I've, I've toured parts of the country uh, and done shows and a couple of other things as well. So I feel like I have a pretty good, decent uh, knowledge of songs. My wife is a uh, composer uh, and she went to music school and I was <laughs> I was able to glean from her a lot as far as that is concerned. And I feel like I have some basis of knowledge of how a song should work. Anyway, so a lot of the stuff that we are going to be talking about today is, like I said before, is song construction. And so when you think about construction, you think about the foundation first or laying the groundwork for the song. And the way that I think about it this way is if you're building a, 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 a foundation and you're building a song, what is the song, what is the concept that you're trying to relay first? Before you start creating beats, before you start creating a, a melody, think about the song, think about what you want it to say. Now, this could be literally anything. There are so many genres out there for music. Whatever your style is, it could be uh, country, it could be bluegrass, it could be metal, it could be classic rock, it could be uh, old, uh, you know, old school hip hop, seven, uh, 80s hip hop, 90s hip hop. You could be looking at listening to trap music. You could be listening to dubstep. You could be listening to a whole bunch of genres that literally there's a, such a wide variety of 
songs out there and it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, dubstep for example there's not a lot of lyrics there are lyrics in in some dubstep songs and uh, but you also could be listening to classical music there are some classical music for the most part that they are only strictly instrumentals and have no words whatsoever you talk about or you talk about opera where a majority of it is words it does also have uh, songs attached to it but or excuse me uh, instruments attached to it but the opera for example is conveying a specific story or message and most songs are like that what's the story what's the message what are what's the thing that you're saying to the people to the listeners and so when you think a lot of a lot of these people that create songs and i'm gonna get a little bit of a on a tangent a soapbox if you will is that most of the time from what i've heard from these new a new school, if you want to say it that way, songs, there's not always a lot of meaning or depth to songs. I really like songs that have a lot of meaning and have a lot of depth to them. If I wanted to listen to a song that doesn't have a lot of meaning and depth, just basic, average Joe, doesn't really matter, I always gravitate towards instrumentals because I don't want words that mean literally nothing. Um, I am surrounded by, uh, in the Christian realm, I, I listen to Christian music all the time. Christian music has the exact same thing. There's a lot of fluff in Christian music and there's a lot of depth in Christian music. But if you look, if you listen back a long time ago, especially in Christian music, there was a lot of depth to those lyrics and to the song itself. It told stories. It told uh, doctrine. It told gospel music. It, it actually t- actually told a specific story. And a lot of times, the meaning of things actually gets lost in the want and desire to be famous or to have a one-hit wonder. And if that's your goal, and doesn't matter what genre you're in, if you want to actually just have a one-hit wonder and that's all you want, then go ahead, make it fluffy. Make it as fluffy as you as 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 a cloud in the sky. Make it as fluffy as you want. Make sure that a dog jumps on your lap as fluffy as possible. I want you to make that fluffy. Now, in other if you're not, if that's not your goal and you actually want to create content that actually means something, that's fantastic because we want it to mean something. We really want it to, uh, I personally want my songs, the songs that I've composed and the songs that I've written to mean something. And when a song means something to me, it actually comes out of my heart and comes back out hopefully to the audience. I've, li- I've written a few songs that I have not disclosed, I have not shared yet, but these songs are from my heart. And in a lot of ways, we feel like our songs that we are literally dishing out of our hearts as too vulnerable. Our hearts are too vulnerable to expose what we're feeling inside. And so I feel like a lot of times that musicians and lyric and lyrics tend to have a, a stark difference versus their heart. Now, there's uh, before you start yelling at me and start throwing your phone or throwing your device, that doesn't mean, however, that there's not heart behind it. What I'm really trying to say is, is that if you listen to a specific song, you can tell if there's heart or actual meaning or depth to it. That person actually meant something. It feels different to you. A, a really good artist that I really, really love the depth of their music is a band called Red. 
you may have heard of it, you may not have heard of it, but the band Red actually has a lot of depth and has a lot of meaning. Sleeping Giants is another one of those that I actually really love their songs because there's a lot of depth, there's a lot of meaning to it. Um, if you listen to um, a, a lot of various artists, you're going to see a lot of meaning and depth. I believe that um, the Jonas Brothers, which is surprisingly enough, the Jonas Brothers actually have, sometimes in a few of their songs, actually pretty decent depth. They have a lot of other fluffy, flighty stuff as well, but they're also appealing to a different demographic. And you have to realize that too. Um, I know a lot of uh, children composers um, that, uh, or excuse me, not children, composers, composers, composers or lyric, uh, or songwriters that appeal to children. And that's the only songs that they write are for children. And I'm not talking, sorry, I said children's composers, but the songs that they write are for children. Now, well, songs are not going to have a lot of depth when it comes to children, at least not a lot. There might be storytelling. It might be just the basics. But when you listen to uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, for example, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood actually actually uh, is actually pretty decent when it comes to its lyrics and sharing a specific point that they want to make. Um, if you if you ever want to go on YouTube and you want to search Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood songs and you listen to the point or the message that they're trying to convey, a lot of the messages that they're trying to convey is actually more deep than you realize because they're actually talking to children and their problems that they would face. Now, those problems aren't necessarily our problems. We're not necessarily worried about going to the potty or worried about uh, whether or not we're going to have a great day at school. But uh, the depth of that is for them specifically. Now, I feel like a lot of the teenage um, bands that are appealing to them, they're appealing to that age group because they're talking about the specific problems that they have. Falling in love is probably one of the worst problems that most teenagers have because falling in love is a thing that happens when you're a teenager. Now, I've heard so many people say falling in love isn't a thing. Falling in love is 100% a thing. Falling in love is 100% a problem for uh, teenagers because they don't know how to handle it. They actually literally are falling into it. They have no idea on how to handle the specific situation or how to handle these emotions. They literally are falling into it with no guidance and zero recourse because they have, they're not taught, for the most part, they're not uh, able to handle it on a maturity level to handle love. And all that to say is that when you ha you have these bands that cater to that demographic talking about love and how falling into it and how cute the girl is or how cute the boy is and so on and so forth, and that appeals to them. Now, we talked about foundations. We, and then this is what I, this whole, all that to say is that the foundational point of the song is really what matters. Um, and uh, whether or not your song is successful um, uh, may be the beat to some degree, but the lyrics, for the most part, is what drives the song. If you look at, look at a lot of the famous songs out in the world, Hey Jude is one of the most popular songs on the face of the planet. Look at those lyrics. I, I actually really encourage you to look at those lyrics. There's a lot more depth to those to Hey Jude than you ever thought possible. I actually really encourage you to look at some of the uh, Beatles content and actually look at the lyrics. There's a lot of really deep uh, parts of those lyrics that are um, not realized. And 
um, I really encourage you to look at that. So the foundation of a song is very imperative. It's something that I really strive to look at when I look at the song. Now, uh, secondly, the, the, I think is probably the more important, or not most important, but the second most important number two is the overall quality of the singer. Now, I'm talking now, now. This is de- demanding the idea that there is a singer that's involved in the song, but there's a lot of songs that demands a singer. The sing a singer that doesn't sound good doesn't get a recording deal. Now, what I mean by that is if they will produce a song that where they sound horrible, they don't get a deal. Now, that's not. I'm, I'm not saying that there are a lot of bad singers that use auto tune and they're a hit, whether they're a hit. Now, what I mean is, is that they understand the idea that if they have wrong pitching notes and, and the A flat is actually is sounding flatter than it's supposed to, that it's not going to sound good and nobody's going to buy their stuff. Nobody's going to buy that song off from iTunes if it's, for the most part, at least. Buying a, a, a song that sounds like garbage is not something that they're looking for. They're looking at for songs that sound and appeal to a certain demographic. We've talked about this before. And so you have to sound good. If that's a sound engineer, fine. If it's not the sound engineer, actually, you actually sound good. That's fine too. But either way, you need to sound good in order for it to be the case. I know tons of people out there that literally use auto-tune in every single song, every single note, every single verse, and they make millions because of that specific thing. Auto-tune has changed the lives of many people only because of it making them sound better than what they are. If you look at a lot of these lyric, uh, these I call them lyricists, uh, these people that are writing songs and can't sing at all, but they think that they should, is a bad idea. The only reason why I say it's a bad idea that these that these lyricists are are singing is because I think that their talents are being used elsewhere, or should be used elsewhere, like writing songs instead of producing them, is actually st- instead of singing them. I think that these a lot of these uh, rappers now uh, would make fantastic, probably even the same amount of money. <coughs> If they were to never, ever do a live show, put their stuff on SoundCloud, people buy it, they never do a live show, ever. Yes, of course, you can do auto-tune on live shows, yes, I understand that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Live shows, I believe, are for people that actually have a good-sounding voice and can put on a good performance. Now, if you are a performance person and you know how to perform well and you don't know how to sing well, that's fantastic as well because you have a spot in the niche. But I hope that you would have a person that would be able to sing your song while you do an amazing production and, and make, a, make an incredible fire beat. And that's pretty much it. I think, that, I think that there's a lot of people that are going into fields that they're not supposed to be in because they think it's the better idea or it's going to make the most money. In all reality, they're actually f- way more fake than what you would ever imagine them to be. That's something that I, I really am uh, hardcore about. I, I think that uh, if you are a good songwriter and you are a good uh, producer, you can actually make great beats and great songs and great uh, lyrics but you don't sing, please don't sing. Allow somebody else to sing that song for you and make the money that you want to for that song because if you're turning around 30 songs within a week and you are 
doing, you, you know, you make probably 10% of those, 10 to 15% of those go viral, you're still making good money. And uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, good. So you have number one, the foundation is you need to have a good idea of the song. You need to have a good uh, basis and a good platform for the song, a good a message, whatever it is um, for the song. And then you have to have a good a singer and then you have to have the instrumental part. <clears throat> And I think the instrumental part is just as important as singing. Singing, if you're hitting wrong notes and you're hitting the uh, wrong uh, timing, I can't tell you how many songs that have horrible timing in them uh, solely because they weren't paying attention to detail. Uh, but so you need to have a good uh, orchestration of um, notes and levels of notes having the high ends, the low ends, the mids, having those all in, incorporated, not just having it sound like mush, but having it actually sound, have, having dynamics, having the snare sound crisp, having the bass drum have a heavy hit, like having the crash cymbal, having the peaks of the crash cymbal able to be heard, like, um, and, and for heaven's sake, stop digitizing real cymbals allow the like have the resonating symbols in there don't purposely digitize them with without that if you can digitize it with it that's fine but if you don't have if you literally don't have the resonating symbols in the song where you want resonating symbols or you're missing the depth of the symbols or the drums that's a problem if you have a guitarist that is literally using a midi file directly in and it's all digitized you're not getting the fluctuation of the notes in the guitar i actually have a small problem with digitizing a lot of the ambient sounds of specific instruments or and or the um going directly to a computer just because it's easier you lose a lot of the feel and the depth of that instrument um, violin is a specific one that I actually have a really big problem with. If you are using a digital or electrical violin um, and you are instantly importing it into a computer and that computer is doing the majority of the work for you, you're not playing the violin and you're not getting the full scope of the violin. I'd rather have you hook that up directly via a small little mic that attaches to the thing. It costs the same amount of money. It literally costs a small amount of money comparatively. And you can leg legitimately get the ambient full sound and still digitize it. Still have it sound good. Please, for the love of everything, do not put a violin instantly into a computer. You lose it. Anyway, off that high horse into something else. So you have them. You have the foundational part, which is the message. You have the second part as a good singer, and you have the other part, which is good, good sounding instruments in there. And you have obviously you have the verses, you have the chorus, you have the bridge, and you have uh, the tag. You literally have everything else that is um, attached to those, and you want to you want to find what flows best. I know a lot of songs that starts out with a chorus first and then goes into a verse. I know songs that starts out with a tag and then goes into the verse. Verse. I rarely hear a bridge first, but I guess it's possible. I wouldn't really call it a bridge, I guess. But anyway, point being is that you're literally, uh, there's so much more room to create something that is uh, unique to you as an individual artist. 
unique to you as a person and unique to you as far as your experiences and the way and the amount that you know. Um, there is a wealth of knowledge on YouTube and uh, Vimeo and uh, every, on podcasts and everywhere else that will be able to help you know what uh, it's supposed to, what you, what you, some good ideas at least, good ideas of how it's supposed to sound and the way it's supposed to look. And uh, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a wonderful um, idea to um, to do. I think it's I think it's smart to get a whole bunch of resources and glean from them. Anyway, so that's the majority of our podcast today. If you'd like more information, you can go to our Twitter page, Legacy Music Eight. You can go to Facebook at Legacy Music, and you go to Instagram at Legacy Music Eight. You can follow us on YouTube. That's Legacy Music. And you can go to our store, LegacyMusicStore.com, for all of your gear needs. We also do private lessons via Google Hangouts and uh, Apple um, FaceTime and Skype. So if you want personal lessons for guitar or drums, we have that accessible as well. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your day and also your week.